Welcome to Zichud Avsi Ram Gold. Hi, and here the third parak Arba Achim. So the three topics we're going to focus on. Number one, Shmuel said the following rule applies in a case in which there were three brothers, two of whom were married to two sisters, and each had another wife as well, and the married brothers died childless. If the Yavam performs chalitza with the sisters, the tsaros are not released. But if he performs chalitza with the tsaros, then the sisters are released. The Gemara brings two explanations. The second one brought in the name of Ravashi, who said that Shmuel's ruling is based on the view that there is Zika. And the reason why the tsaros are not released when the Yavan performs chalitza with the sisters is because the Zika is not strong enough to make the tsaros of an erva through the Zika equal to the erva through Zika herself. Where she explains that the Rabban decreed a Zika in the case of Akos Zukukaso, making the sister of Zukuka like an Erva. While this on a Rabbanan level forbids her Tsara from Yibum, it's not strong enough to classify the Tsara as an Erva, like it does with the Tsarva of a Derisa Erva. Therefore, the Tsaros require Chalitza as well. But when the Yavim does Chalitza with the Tsaros, which is a superior Chalitza, since their Zika to the Yavim is stronger, then the sisters are released. Point him to the Gemara asks, in a case in which a man's brother died childless, leaving two widows, and the Yavim gave a get to one widow, and did Mimer with the other one, which one should the Yavim do Chalitza with? Rush explains that since he gave one a get, the rabbis treat it as a form of Chalitza, since it indicates the Yavim does not want to build his brother's house. They therefore forbid both her and her Tzara from Yibum. Do we say that the one that received the get should do chalitza, chalitza, because the Yavim has already started the chalitza process with her? Or do we say it's preferred to do chalitza with the one he did mimer with, because since he did mimer with her, she's closer than her tsara to doing yibum with the Yavim, and therefore the chalitza is a stronger chalitza. Ravashi brings a proof from a Bryce which taught that Raman Gamliel was moda, that there's a validity to a get brought after mimer, and to a mimer done after a get, which indicates that they are equal and that one is not superior over the other. And pointing with me, Rav Huna said in the name of Rav, in a case of two sisters who married two brothers who fall to one Yavam, if the first widow died before doing chalitza, then he may take the second sister in Yibum, and it's not necessary to state that if the second one died, he may do Yibum with the first widow. Because it's a case of a Yavama that was initially permitted, who then became forbidden and then permitted again. But Rabbi Yochanan says that if the first widow died, the second one is forbidden. Any Yavama that I cannot call at the time she fell to Yubim, a Yavama, is considered like the wife of a brother who has children and is forbidden to the Yavam forever. The Gemara clarifies that Rav also holds of this principle, but only when it's dealing with the derisa of Akos Isha. But in this case with the two sisters, where it's only a Zika the Rabbanan, it does not apply. So once again, the three points are number one. Shmuel said the following rule applies in a case in which there were three brothers, two of whom were married to two sisters, and each had another wife as well, and the married brothers died childless. If the Yavam performs chalitza with the sisters, the tsaros are not released. But if he performs chalitza with the tsaros, then the sisters are released. The Gemara brings two explanations. The second one brought in the name of Ravashi, who said that Shmuel's ruling is based on the view that there is Zika. And the reason why the tsaros are not released 
when the Yavim performs Chalitza, what the sisters is, because the Zika is not strong enough to make the sorrows of an Erva through the Zika equal to the Erva through Zika herself. Rashi explains that the Rabban decreed a Zika in the case of Akos Zukukaso, making the sister of Zukuka like an Erva. While this on a Rabban level forbids her tsara from Yibum, it's not strong enough to classify the tsara as an erva, like it does with the tsarva of a derisa erva. Therefore, the tsaros require chalitza as well. But when the yavam does chalitza with the tsaros, which is a superior chalitza, since their zika to the yavam is stronger, then the sisters are released. Pointing to the Gemara asks, in a case in which a man's brother died childless, leaving two widows, and the yavam gave a get to one widow, and did mimer with the other one, which one should the Yavim do Chalitza with? Rush explains that since he gave one a get, the rabbis treat it as a form of Chalitza since it indicates the Yavim does not want to build his brother's house. They therefore forbid both her and her Tzara from Yibum. Do we say that the one that received the get should do Chalitza, Chalitza because the Yavim has already started the Chalitza process with her? Or do we say it's preferred to do Chalitza with the one he did Mimer with? Mishim de because since he did Mimer with her, She's closer than her tsara to doing yibum with the yavam, and therefore the chalitza is a stronger chalitza. Ravashi brings a proof from a brice which taught the Roman Gamliel was moda, that there's a validity to a get brought after a mimer, and to a mimer done after a get, which indicates that they are equal and that one is not superior over the other. And pointing with you, Rav Huna said in the name of Rav, in a case of two sisters who married two brothers who fall to one yavam, if the first widow died before doing chalitza, then he may take the second sister in Yibum, and it's not necessary to state that if the second one died, he may do Yibum with the first widow. Because it's a case of a Yavama that was initially permitted, who then became forbidden and then permitted again. But Rabbi Yochanan says that if the first widow died, the second one is forbidden. Any Yavama that I cannot call at the time she fell to Yubim, a Yavama, is considered like the wife of a brother who has children and is forbidden to the Yavam forever. The Gemara clarifies that Rav also holds of this principle, but only when it's dealing with the derisa of Akos Isha. But in this case with the two sisters, where it's only a Zika the Rabbanan, it does not apply. Alright, so now we go to Simradav Chavzain, and her standard simon is a kazoo, a kazoo which is a toy instrument that children blow into that makes a buzzing sound. So here goes. The kids who blew their Zika alert kazoos at the sorrows of two sisters who did chalitza to warn them that they weren't released yet, where one was a Baal's get and the other a Baal's mimer, were told to stop blowing when they were notified that in fact the first sister died before doing chalitza and the second one was taken in Yibum. So once again, it's slow motion. The kids who blew their Zika alert kazoos, kazoos, that must be more on Duff, Chavzayan. The kids who blew their Zika alert kazoos at the tsaros of two sisters who did chalitza to warn them that they were not released yet, which reminds us, Ravashi explained Shmuel's ruling that if the Yavam performs chalitza with two sisters, the tsaros are not released is based on the view that there is Zika. And the reason why the tsaros are not released when the Yavam performs chalitza with the sisters is because the Zika is not strong enough to make the tsaros of an erva through the Zika equal to the Erba through Zika herself. And Rashi explains that the Rabban decreed a Zika in the case of Ahu Zukuka, so making the sister of a Zukuka like an Erba. 
Now, while this on a Durban level forbids her tsara from Yibum, it's not strong enough to classify her as an erva like it does with the tsara of a Deraisa erva. Therefore, the tsaras require chalitza as well. So the kids who blew their zika alert kazoos at the tsaras of two sisters who did chalitza to warn them that they were not released yet, where one was a Baal's get and the other a Baal's mimer, which reminds us, Gamora asked, in a case in which a man's brother died childless, leaving two widows, and the Yavim gave a get to one widow and did mimer with the other one, which one should the Yavim do chalitza with? Do we say that the one that received the get should do chalitza, da'askhubad because the Yavim has already started the chalitza process with her? Or do we say it's preferred to do chalitza with the one he did mimer with? Mishim Labia, because since he did mimer with her, she's closer than her tsara to doing yibum with the Yavim, and therefore the chalitza is a stronger chalitza. The Gemara concludes that they're equal and neither takes precedence. So the kids who blew their Zika alert kazoos at the Tsaros of two sisters, who did chalitza to warn them that they were not released yet, where one was a Baal's get and the other a Baal's mimer, were told to stop blowing when they were notified that, in fact, the first sister died before doing chalitza, and the second one was taken in Yibum. Which reminds Rav Huna said in the name of Rav, in the case of two sisters who married two brothers, who fall to one Yovam, if the first widow died before doing chalitza, then he may take the second sister in Yibum. The Gemara clarifies that even though Rav holds of the principle of Shekol Yavama She'ein Anikoraba B'Shas Navila Yavama Yavo Aleha Ha'ezoke Eishas Ach She'eish Lovanim Any Yavama that I cannot call the time she fell to Yibum a Yavama is considered like the wife of a brother who has children and is forbidden to the Yavam forever. He says it only applies when it's dealing with the Doraisa of Achos Isha. But in the case with two sisters where it's only a Zika de Rabbanan, it does not apply. So once again, the kids who blew their Zika alert kazoos at the Tsaros of two sisters who did Chalitza to warn them that they were not released yet, where one was a Baal's get and the other a Baal's mimer, were told to stop blowing when they were notified that in fact the first sister died before doing Chalitza and the second one was taken in Yibum. Alright, now it's time for Four Blah Bach Hazara. Dav Chav Gimel. So the Simon Dav Chav Gimel is Kugelach. So here goes. It was an awkward scene at the Kiruv Kugelach competition. Kugelach, that must be more Dav Chav Gimel. It was an awkward scene at the Kiruv Kugelach competition when a man's two daughters, one from a Shivcha and the other from a Nachris, which reminds us of Gmaras, what Rabbi Yossi does with a Pasuk, and answers that one Pasuk excludes the daughter of a Shivcha and the other excludes the daughter of a Janta, and both are needed. If the Torah only taught the case of a Shivcha, one would think her daughter is excluded because she has no Yichus in family relationships, whereas a Gentile woman does have Yichus in her relationships, and if the Torah had only taught the case of a Gentile woman, one would think her daughter is excluded because she is not shaykh to mitzvahs, but the daughter of a shivcha would be included because she's shaykh to mitzvahs. So, it was an awkward scene at the Kiruv Kugloch competition when a man's two daughters, one from a shivcha and the other from a nachris, came to watch his Jewish grandson, whose father wasn't Jewish. Which reminds us, the Pasuk states regarding the prohibition of intermarriage, ki yasir is bin for he, referring to a Gentile father married to a Jewish woman, will turn your son away from me and they will serve other gods. From here we learn that a son from a Jewish woman is called Bincha, your son, but a son from a Gentile woman is not called your son, but rather he's considered her son. The child follows the non-Jewish status of his mother. So, it was an awkward scene at the Kiruv Kugelach competition when a man's two daughters, one from a Shivcha and the other from a Nachris, came to watch his Jewish grandson, whose father wasn't Jewish, play against two surviving brothers of a man who hadn't remembered which one of two sisters. He married, which reminds us, if one was Makadish, one of two sisters, but does not know which one of them he was Makadish, and then he dies childless and has two brothers, one must do chalitza to one of the sisters, and afterwards the other brother may take the other sister in Yibam. 
The Gemara clarifies the Mishnah coming to teach that the order must be that the first brother does chalitza, and then the second one can do yibum. And it cannot be that the first brother does yibum to kapaga ba'achos zikukaso, for then he would be possibly violating the prohibition of marrying the sister of a zikuka. Dav Chavdalad, so the similar Dav Chavdalad is a pitcher, a kad. So here goes. The Yaakov Moshim Achiv Yavam, who inherited his deceased brother's entire antique pitcher collection. Pitchers? That must be more in Dav Chavdalad. The Yaakov Moshim Achiv Yavam, who inherited his deceased brother's entire antique Pitcher collection, which reminds us it was taught in a brace of the Pusik states, Vahyal Bakhor, and it shall be the firstborn. From here we learn that it's a mitzvah of the eldest to do Yibum. Yakum Alshim Achiv, he shall be established on the name of his brother, Lenachla, which refers to inheritance, which teaches that the one who does Yibum inherits the entire estate of his brother. So the Yakum Oshim Achiv Yavum, who inherited his deceased brother's entire antique Pitcher collection was dismayed when he was told that he would not receive a double portion of his grandfather's collection destined for his father, which reminds us. The Gemara asks regarding what halacha did the Torah mention Bechor when it could have said that the eldest brother should preferably do Yibum. It answers that the term Bechor was written like Grusa to diminish the Yavim's rights. Just as a Bechor does not take a double portion in his father's inheritance, which is still yet to come to the father, like the assets that are currently in the possession of a living grandfather, so to the Yavim who stands in the place of the deceased brother and takes it of a portion in his father's estate, he does not take an extra portion in the father's assets, which are still yet to come, like the ones were already in the father's possession. So, the Yakumoshim Achiv Yavim, who inherited his deceased brother's entire antique pitcher collection, was dismayed when he was told that he would not receive a double portion of his grandfather's collection destined for his father, and grew worried that his wife, who converted because of his anticipated wealth, would leave him, which reminds us the more discusses whether gearing that converted for an ulterior motive are considered legitimate gearing. Dav Chav Hei, so the sin Dav Chav Hei is a silver wedding anniversary. So here goes. The couple celebrating 25 years of marriage, 25 years of marriage, a silver wedding anniversary? That must be more on Dav Chav Hei. The couple celebrating 25 years of marriage after rumors were counted before a day and a half had elapsed, which reminds the Mishnah of Chavdal and Amabe state that if one was subject to rumors that he had relations with a married woman and Basin required the husband to divorce her, if the suspected adulterer married her, he must divorce her. The Gemara brought him Alchokas, where Rav held that the adulterer only divorces her when there were witnesses of the adultery, and Rebbe held he must divorce her even based on a mere rumor without witnesses. On this stuff, the Gemara says the Lach is like each of them and explains that this is not a contradiction, but the distinction is whether there was a called a pasik, a rumor that was stopped by a counter-rumor that denied the first one. Abai says that his adopted mother taught him that a called the little pasik, a rumor that was not stopped, is a rumor that endures for a day and a half. So, the couple celebrating 25 years of marriage after rumors were countered before a day and a half had lapsed lost their appetite when the waiter testified to them that he killed a husband. Which reminds us, the next Mishnah states that if one testifies regarding a man that he died or I killed him or we killed him, he may not marry the dead man's wife. Which implies that while he may not marry the wife, others may marry her. The Gemara says the Mishnah can be explained in accordance with Rabbah who rules Adam Karuva Eitzel Atzmo Bein Adam Mesim Atzmo Rasha. A person is considered related to himself and therefore a person cannot disqualify himself from testifying by establishing himself as a Rasha. In effect, Pagim Dibura. We split his testimony so the part regarding himself is not considered but his testimony regarding the other is believed. So the couple celebrating 25 years of marriage after rumors were countered before a day and a half had elapsed lost their appetite when the waiter testified to them that he killed a husband who was a mumcha judge who had married a woman he released. 
from a vow. Which reminds us, the next Mishnah states, Ha'chachim she'asher ze'ish ben neder abala, ha'zawayisa'ena. Ha'chachim who forbids a woman to her husband by not releasing her from a neder she made, not to derive pleasure from him, and he divorced her, may not marry the woman. Even though a basin of three is required to release the woman from her vow, and in such a case the judge would not be suspect since he's acting as part of a basin, the more explains that the case was with a single judge who was a yachid mumcha, an expert judge. In such a case, he may release her from the vow, and if he does not, then he is prohibited to marry her. Davchavav. So the similar Davchavav is a military coup. So here goes. The soldier who testified that his friend died in the military coup. Military coup? That must mean we're on Davchavav. The soldier who testified that his friend died in the military coup and then married the wife after his own wife died. Which reminds us, the next mission states Vakulam and all of them referring to the Chacham who did not release a wife from her net, the Shliach who brought a get from Medina and the witness to a man's death, Shayulam Nashima Mesu If they had wives at the time and the wives later died, they're permitted to marry the woman whose case they were involved in. Rashi explains that there's no reason to be suspect that they had ulterior motives since they were married at the time. Tigmore clarifies that in certain situations, even after he divorces his wife, one is permitted to marry these women. So, the soldier who testified that his friend died in the military coup, and then married the wife after his own wife died, met up with a comrade whose testimony freed up a woman to marry his son. Which reminds us, the Mishnah stated, V'kulon mutars livnen olachem. And all these women are permitted to the sons and brothers of these men who were involved in freeing them. The Gemara explains why this is different from what is taught in Abraisa, that if one is the subject of rumors that he was with a certain woman, that he's forbidden to her mother, her daughter, or her sister. So the soldier who testified that his friends died in the military coup and then married the wife after his own wife died, met up with a comrade whose testimony freed up a woman to marry his son. And they had a grand old time discussing the sidya of Chalitza Pesula. Which reminds us that a chalitza psula is where the brother is not permitted to do yibum and forced to do chalitza, such as in the case where the yavama is the sister of the yavam's chalitza. Since it's a chalitza psula, the yavama acquires a chalitza from all the brothers, since this type of chalitza does not have the strength to sever the zika from all the brothers at once. All right, that concludes today's shir. This is Rabbi Ram Golden Zichu wishing you a great day and great learning.